first attack I ever received when the Lord sent me into that nation, one of the things that gave me a lot of confidence was I knew that I knew that I knew that I was in the right place at the right time in God's will. So His grace covered me. is Charisma Connection on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Taylor Berglund, and today I am honored to be joined in studio by Apostle Yemi. Yemi, how are you doing today? I'm great, thank you. I'm actually called Michael Adifarison, but popularly known as Apostle Yemi. Yes. Yeah, we talked beforehand about his name and that I was not even going to try on the last name because I knew I would butcher it for this. But uh, we're so honored to have you here today. So can you give for people who may not be familiar with some of your work, some of your ministry, what your background is? Well, I'm, I'm an apostle by, by calling. I've been in ministry for almost 25, about 25 years and um, done ministry in many different nations of the world, lived in many different nations of the world. And I tend to gravitate towards a lot of spiritual warfare. Mm. I lived in a nation on the west coast of Africa called the Republic of Benin, which is a Francophone country. And um, it used to be called, before the name change, Dahomey. And Dahomey in the local dialect means the womb of the serpent. Oh, wow. And that is where voodoo originated um, in the world and was exported from there to New Orleans and to Haiti and to the Caribbean and South America. So the Haitians were actually Beninois slaves that were taken out during the slave trade and set up voodoo over there. So I've lived in the home of voodoo for 14 years from then, from 1997 to 2011. So what has that taught you about the reality of spiritual warfare in our world? Well, that experience, the Lord used me to pioneer the charismatic movement in that nation. And so I came head to head with the principalities and the strong men over that nation. No Bible school, no seminary ever prepared me for the things that I was going to experience. So I went through a lot of stuff, a lot of afflictions, a lot of warfare, um, but the Lord was so gracious to me to protect, to preserve my life and show, his, show me his mercies. And so I learned a lot about spiritual warfare um, in that nation and all the things that I was doing. And a lot of them defy popular teaching or our theology and so on and so forth. So I learned not be, to be too dogmatic about certain things. That makes a lot of sense. So one thing that I've wondered about is given your background, what have you seen about the the spiritual warfare world that maybe would surprise a lot of Americans? Because I feel like a lot of Americans especially don't take the reality of the spiritual world. Uh, we take it for granted a lot of times. Well, um, one of the things that I did notice is the high level of satanic technology that is employed um, through various means, voodoo, uh, witchcraft, and so on and so, and, and so forth. And um, nothing that I'd ever been through, pe trained for, ever prepared me for that. Um, 
in your Oxford Dictionary, for example, you would have a word called lycanthropy, mm. and that is the science of changing from human form into animal form. And so they can transfigure themselves into animal forms to perpetuate attacks. So that's just, I can tell you stories that will <laughs> blow your socks off. <laughs> can you share one of those stories with us? Because I think, I think our listeners are now, their, their curiosity has peaked if they're anything like me. All right. The first attack I ever received when the Lord sent me into that nation, one of the things that gave me a lot of confidence was I knew that I knew that I knew that I was in the right place at the right time in God's will. So his grace covered me. And one of the things that, that I experienced is one night after an all-night prayer meeting, because we learned, literally had to stay on our feet in prayer, and we would pray from from from. 12 midnight till 4 in the morning every day. And um, I got home from a prayer meeting and I was lying down and I was a bit tired. And I had a, it was halfway between a dream and a vision. And in that vision, I call it a vision, I saw a woman come to my window and the mosquito netting uh, separated us. And I woke up and I said to my wife, I saw this figure come to my window. And um, all of a sudden in the dream or the vision, she changed into a mosquito and squeezed through the netting and stung me on the back of my neck. And I said this to my wife and I said, we got, we got to pray. But we were so tired that we didn't pray through or press into a place of victory, no sooner than I had fallen asleep, this sting got me on my neck and I woke up with a start and I said, they've got me. And I stepped out of my bed and collapsed on the floor and I was ill for 18 months. Wow. One sickness for every month that medical science had no diagnosis of. Anytime I would go to any hospital, to any specialists, the symptoms would disappear. And it was just so bizarre that, that the Lord taught me certain things to do to pray, to uncover and remove whatever coverings or blankets they had put to suppress the symptoms because the doctors were at a loss. You, you would take one look at me and you knew that I was dying. But for the life of us, they couldn't diagnose what the problems were. And um, one sickness every month. At the end, the last week of the month, the Lord would lift that sickness off. Um, and in spite of all the sickness, you say, just go and fulfill your mission. Go take the pulpit, declare what I tell you to declare. And I learned that no matter how afflicted I was to my body, the, the, the mission of the Lord was paramount. And the Lord would always say things to me like this, you take care of my work and I'll take care of you. And so I would do that and, and the sickness would break. I'd have a week of respite and then another affliction to my body would come. And so it went on for 18 months and I was at a program uh, 
here in America and uh, with a co-speaker, Jackie McCullough. And she got a prophetic word after I finished preaching that the Lord said that he was healing my immune system and he was breaking that attack off me and it would never happen again. And he allowed me to go through it because you cannot heal what you cannot feel. Mm. And that's how God brought me out. How did it all start? The most bizarre thing. A witch turned into a mosquito. Now, how do you explain that to people? Yeah, that, that's, that's a really, really fascinating story. And so one thing then that to bring up a different story, a different encounter with the supernatural. I know after the Pulse shooting that happened in Orlando, you visited Orlando, right, to help pray over that area? Well, when the Pulse shooting happened, the Lord started speaking to me about it. Now, one of the things, Florida is very, very dear to my heart because I did live in Florida for about almost six years, um, many years ago for, in the 1980s. And um, when the Pulse nightclub took place, I was praying and the Lord said, get up, go to Florida. And I was at a conference with, with a friend of mine where some intercessors from Florida were there. And I used the Pulse nightclub as an example in my teaching. And so the intercessors came up and said, well, you need to come down, which was a, a confirmation of what the Holy Spirit was laying on my heart. And the, the thing about the Pulse nightclub was that 49 people were shot, including the shooter, totaling 50. On the day of Pentecost, the biblical day starts in the evening, and the evening and the morning were the first day. So Saturday night was actually Sunday, the day of Pentecost, taking, the, taking into account the biblical calendar. So 50 people were shot. There was the blood of 50 people shed on the day that commemorates the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on mankind in the upper room. Not only that, it occurred in a jubilee year. 5776 was a jubilee year, and jubilee means 50. And part of the thing about jubilee was that you're supposed to proclaim liberty on the land. Mm. Yeah? And so three things. 50 people on a day of Pentecost, that means 50. Penta, 50. Right. In a jubilee year. 50, the, 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 the coincidences are too, you can't ignore them. Mm -hmm. And the Lord was saying to me, now, one of the things I specialize in is altars and gates. An altar is a place of sacrifice. An altar is a place of covenant. An altar is a place of, um, is a portal, a gateway. Jacob was at the altar of Bethel, and he said, this is the gate of heaven. Right. So whenever there is bloodshed, that's a sacrifice. Fifty lives were sacrificed, blood was spilt, mm. and the land becomes defiled for three things, sexual immorality, idolatry, and bloodshed. Leviticus 18 and 19 tell you that. And when the land is defiled, nothing really, really can happen 
God's way. So an altar was raised over the Paul's nightclub by the shedding of blood unrighteously. And along with that altar, a portal is opened or a gate. And an altar controls what happens in the heavens and on the land and influences everything on that land, giving the deity that the altar is consecrated to the legal right to come in and exercise his influence in that area or geographical location. Mm -hmm. So the Lord said to me, go, go there and shut down that altar because it's a portal has opened. The shooter gave the credit to ISIS. So he's therefore thus, he's empowered ISIS and opened a portal for ISIS to come into the land and perpetuate their agendas. On the day of Pentecost, or the commemoration of the day of Pentecost, which means on the day of Pentecost, there was a sound of a mighty rushing wind. So the enemy is trying to change a sound. Yes? yes. And bring his own sound over Orlando and over Florida. Because Orlando is not just a city. It, it's an international gateway. Mm -hmm. The whole world comes into Orlando for recreational purposes or whatever. Yeah, it's one of the biggest tourist cities on earth. Yes. So it's an international gateway. So he's raised an altar to hijack uh, the sound that is being propagated over the land that is supposed to be a godly sound at a nightclub that is called Pulse, thereby affecting the pulse beat how we respond to the Holy Spirit, his quickening power, and his frequency. So he's changing a frequency. Satan is hijacking a frequency for to propagate his own agendas. And the Lord said to me, Florida has always played a critical role as a swing state in presidential elections. So you need to go in there and you need to shut that portal down. You need to deactivate that altar. You need to, to, to engage and atone, make atonement for the land and redeem the land and reconcile it back to the Lord because the enemy has raised his altar over it. And so that's what I went in and I came in and started training intercessors on how to engage in that level of spiritual warfare prophetic actions to deactivate satanic altars and redeem the land and raise up divine altars so that rather than the enemy coming in through those portals, we've shut down his portals and we're opening up portals for the Lord to come through to perpetuate or to, to, to fulfill his divine agendas. And the, the results are evident because Florida played a critical role in, in these last elections. We didn't only do the Pulse nightclub because a couple of weeks after that or before that, remember that there was that idol um, artist. Oh, uh, Christina Grimmie from The Voice. Yes, who was shot. Mm -hmm. uh, unrighteous blood was shed. An altar is raised. A portal is opened. And what did she represent? Sound. Mm -hmm. So the enemy is trying to, has been trying to change the sound. So there's so many things happening in the realms of the spirit. 
but because I know how to interpret physical events into spiritual language, I understood what was happening. And that's a great point that you brought up that when you came and you visited Orlando, then you were also training other people how to interpret these events and how to fight in the spiritual realm. How, for our listeners who may be listening and want to be able to fight in the spirit as well, what tips or advice would you give them? Well, I would not uh, uh, advise anybody to engage unless they have been through training and they have been through a certain they have grown to a certain level of maturity in the things of God. Um, when we're dealing with those things, you've got to clean up your life first. Mm -hmm. Because if you go and engage the enemy on certain levels in certain dimensions and you have cracks in your armor, mm -hmm. then his retaliations can take you out. And so the first thing is get your life right with God. You can't be walking with the Lord and living in sin. You've got to deal with all the sin issues in your life and, and, and make sure that there are no cracks in the armor. That's secondly, you've got to know that God, that's what God has assigned you to do. It's one thing to pray into the heavenlies. It's another thing to engage his systems, his altars, his gateways on the land. And one of the major things that I'm very, very passionate about now is in all the nations that I've lived in, in all the nations I do ministry in, we pray a lot. There are certain nations in Africa that, that we pray a lot. And in spite of all our prayer, um, we don't see commensurate progress. So it's one thing to plant the heavens with God's word and to decree things, but it's another thing to engage on the ground. When God was sending his children, the Israelites, into Canaan, the promised land, the first thing he said in Deuteronomy chapter 7 is, if you're going to drive them out, you've got to pull down their altars. You've got to pull down their high places. You've got to take their gates. You've got to deal with their images, their Asherah poles, and so on and so forth. They had to do it. You will find in the Bible, using the types of the Old Testament, for every major reformation that was going to take place, they had to engage on the ground. Josiah, for example, 2 Kings chapter 23, he, he, he had to pull down the altars. He had to deal with the high places. He had to deal with the demonic images. He had to deal with all the demonic monuments, thereby closing the portals that the enemy was using to come into the land and redeeming the land and handing the land back to the true owner, the Lord Jesus Christ, for the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and everything therein. Hezekiah had to do the same thing. We cannot really have transformation without reformation. So there's got to be reformation, then transformation, then the revival can be sustainable. That's what we got to do. So we have to deal with the altars. We've got to deal with the high places and bring them down and consecrate, rededicate the land back to God because the land is being defiled by idolatry, by bloodshed, and by sexual immorality. And when the land is defiled, it's pre-programmed by God to vomit out its inhabitants. That's what Le Leviticus chapter 19 tells us. Mm -hmm. So a lot of our warfare... It should not only be in the heavenlies. We've got to engage on the ground. An altar gives 
the deity that the altars dedicated to the legal right to come and set up shop on the ground in the lives of the people within that geographic um, territory that the altar is raised. Now, if authority figures dedicate altars to the gods that they serve, then the gods have the legal right to come in and influence everything on the ground that that altar is raised over. And that's uh, an aspect of warfare that I think that we have ignored for a long time and we may have been slightly ignorant about that we're going to have to begin to re-educate ourselves and, and add that dimension of warfare. We've done it in the past. For example, in America, in South America, Ed Silvoso and co were doing a lot of stuff, but then a lot of the prayer meetings would shift the demonic powers for a season. And you know what Jesus said, when a demon is cast out, mm -hmm. he's going to go to dry places and gather seven more wicked spirits and come back. And the reason why, why that is happening is because they have not dealt with the portals, the altars, the gates, and taken away the enemy's legal right to access through those portals and through those altars. So he just goes for a long walk and comes back and takes over his position. And, 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 and so there's a problem. We haven't made much progress. And it's time to take the land. How do I know that? 5776 was the 70th jubilee since the cross of uh, since Joshua and Caleb entered the promised land and it was also the 40th jubilee since the cross of Calvary so that being the case it's 70 it's time to go in and what possess the land like Joshua and Caleb did not only that the children of Israel were in captivity in Babylon for 70 years and after that they returned to their land so God is saying in this season, it's time to cross the Jordan and go in and possess the land and take the, the battle to the gates of his enemies and take over those gates. And you know what the teachings of Lance Warner and everybody else about the seven gates of society and so on and so forth, which were represented by the different tri uh, nations in Canaan land, the Jebusites, Hittites, and so on and so forth. But the essential thing was that as they go in to take over the land, they had to deal with the altars, with the high places, with the Asherah, with the Asherim, and so on and so forth, to break the enemy's legal right to continue to influence the lives of the people on the land. Well, that is a great insight. Thank you so much for sharing today. Um, I think that we're just about out of time for today's show, but I would really appreciate it. Could you close us in a brief word of prayer? Father, we just thank you for the times and the seasons that you have ordained for our lives. We thank you for Florida. We thank you for the United States of America. And we thank you because we have come into your kingdom for such a time as this. Heavenly Father, we pray this morning that the fullness of your kingdom will manifest through Charisma Media into the land and through the people that you have called 
to serve your purposes. So we say, let the gates of our lives be lifted up. Let the gates of the land be lifted up and their doors open to receive greater dimensions of the Lord and his power and of his kingdom. Anything that is in the foundations of our lives that does not reflect your justice and your righteousness, we ask you to begin to root out, to tear down, to pull down, so that you can begin to build and to plant. We thank you that the kingdoms of this world shall become the kingdoms of our Lord. So we ask, O God Almighty, that you will give us all the necessary insights and foresights to fulfill the redemptive purposes for which you have brought us into your kingdom for such a time as this. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to Apostle Yemi on Charisma Connection here on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Taylor Berglund, and thanks for joining us. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.